Planners, Crypto for Planners. You are now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners, Crypto for Planners. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning world. I'm joined today by AJ Neri and Sean Waters from Height Zero. And we're going to dive into talking about uh, managing crypto through a bear market. Um, so many advisors are, are, are new, young. Um, you know, we've just not really seen these kinds of events coming together. Um, and, and AJ is uh, definitely well versed in, in understanding markets and things, and and also helping us figure out as advisors, okay, how do you how do you attack these kinds of problems? So with that, I'm going to let AJ introduce himself, and then we'll talk to Sean next. AJ. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm AJ Neri. I am the co-founder of Height Zero. Height Zero is a platform that allows financial advisors uh, the ability to invest in digital assets on behalf of their clients. Um, my entire background is in asset management. I started my career in 2007 working for one of the first ETF strategists that then became sort of one of the largest in the country. Uh, I was trading ETFs uh, against the market makers. So got a, a understanding of um, you know RA management asset management as well as capital markets and and trading um, and we started height zero about three years ago when we hired the development team because we thought that advisors would be interested in getting digital asset exposure for their clients yeah height zero is, is a tremendous platform for advisors to, to connect with being more of a manager and not so much of an allocator to, to crypto so uh, thanks for that. Sean? All right, great. Thanks, Justin. So my name is Sean Waters, and I'm uh, Vice President of Business Development at Zero. Uh, and so like many in this space, uh, I came from more of a traditional finance background, uh, spent the majority of my career at Fidelity Investments, uh, had the opportunity to work in their equity comp plan, um, and more specifically, help them launch a uh, financial reporting function. So I always like to say I was, had the benefit of working within a startup, within a startup, within a, a much broader structured uh, established firm. So um, <clears throat> as far as my background, that's always where I'd like to be is in those spaces, kind of creating things and having the ability to kind of start start from scratch and really try to create something from nothing. Um, after some time in uh, at Fidelity, I actually a few years ago decided it was time to kind of go start something new and actually did a 180. Uh, I got into the food and bev space. Uh, I was working with my brother who's in the restaurant industry. Uh, we were developing some lightweight mobile applications to solve for a lot of the inefficiencies in the uh, restaurant industry, uh, a lot of analog processes there that could easily be digitalized. And so that was really exciting. That started to kind of take off for a bit and then COVID hit and we kind of ran into some problems with that. Uh, so um, it was it was a good time for me to kind of maybe reassess uh, my, my career path at that point. And so that was about, a, about two years ago where I, um, AJ and I got, um, came into came into contact and started talking through what they were doing at Height Zero, and I was looking to kind of get back into sort of the financial services world, but didn't necessarily want to go back into the tra traditional sense. So um, Height Zero obviously provided a really interesting opportunity as we were doing, you know, kind of taking a lot of things that I had done previously in my traditional financial world, but now applying that to the blockchain. And so um, since then, it's been an awesome ride and really excited to talk more about it with you today. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I, I think your your background and perspectives are so helpful because, you know, not only do you guys understand asset management and how advisors approach that, but also from an operational standpoint and how you go through the actual like implementation and the tools that you need to do it. So uh, I really appreciate you guys um, joining. So let's let's dive right in. Um, you know, for most of the advisors that are listening to this, that these are just uncharted waters. Um, you know, maybe it's their first bear market that they've actually participated in in the digital asset space. Um, you know, we often hear about how these are very cyclical things. You know, every four years, you know, there, there's kind of having cycle connected, um, you know, cycles in crypto. But this one just feels a little different. So if you guys don't mind just kind of starting with some context of kind of where we are in this, um, this bear market and then maybe even um, you know, how this may compare to, to past cycles. Sure. So um, I'll start with the fact that I, I really don't like the phrase crypto winter. I don't know where it came from and why it was adopted so quickly. Um, I think people sort of, or we, we have short memories and there's sort of short-term bias towards, um, you know, this current downturn, but people forget sort of how parabolic the assets were, you know, even two years ago or three years ago. Um, and so I think this is really a normal pullback from a, you know, pretty strong, actually, you know, extraordinarily strong bull market in the past few years. Um, crypto is still a high beta asset and, and it will be for a little while until it is, um, you know, adopted by what I would consider sort of like the traditional financial institutions, like those really big broker dealers where there is literally trillions of dollars that aren't even really looking at, at digital assets yet. And once those come in, I think that from a correlation standpoint, it'll look a lot more like, you know, a, a probably still a high beta, but not as high a beta as it is now. So I think that, you know, the market has has been affected by a few macro events that are obviously sort of out of crypto's control, um, as well as a few micro events like regulation coming through and, and some of the stablecoin um, issues uh, that, that happened in the past few weeks. But, you know, I, I think that we're now, you know, we don't give market predictions, but, I, you know, I think that there's still, you know, it's too early to call a bottom right now. And, and, and some of that leverage that's still sort of deleveraging can, can, could cause a little more of a downturn. But I think this is a normal cycle. Um, you know, from a market standpoint, in terms of our business, we haven't had a single client uh, pull assets yet. And those that we're onboarding are still full steam ahead, as well as our potential clients. You know, all the meetings we've been having in the past month where the downturn really took effect, they've all, you know, we asked them, like, are you going to put this on this project on hold or are you has this changed your view of crypto assets and you know large enterprise clients none of them have said nope you know we're pulling back or, or we're going to rethink this everyone is literally trying to move as quickly as possible forward which you know has frankly been been a pleasant surprise and and good for our business um so i think that's i hope that answers a little bit of your question on, on kind of where the market is now and and yeah and you know as as for you know how this compares to past cycles uh, you know, I, I think it, 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 I think the top to bottom tends to be about 12 months and, and we're probably, I think that would be November. So top was November, 2021. So possibly bottom November 22. And, and that, you know, that, that seems like a reasonable guess um, in terms of, of kind of how, how past cycles, both in, in crypto and equities have, have been. Yeah. No, that, I think that's really helpful. Um, 
because we are so affected by our recency bias. And yeah, it's so funny that the crypto space has uh, adopted some of the worst terminology in marketing, like crypto winner and things like that. It's, it is actually quite laughable how, I don't know how they got, you know, such, uh, you know, acceptance so early on that it's become part of the vernacular, but it's, yeah, it's not helpful. And I think it's really helpful context for other advisors to hear and know that, you know, uh, just because we're experiencing something unique or maybe, you know, feels like this time is different, you know, it, it's helpful to get perspective and zoom out and go, you know what, adoption, the use case, the, the, the investment thesis, everything is still intact. You know, that this is a part of a very natural crypto cycle. And like you said, that the, the high beta, you know, part might, you know, change it and, and evolve over time. But this is this is very much a natural thing. This is not some sort of freak out moment where everyone needs to, you know, re rethink their priorities in life because, you know, what we're going through. Sean, any, any other thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah, I would just say the other thing is there was, you know, there were so many players with this cycle. Um, and obviously with, with the large uh, upswing in valuations, it attracted a lot of different uh, projects and protocols to the space. And I think right now what you're just seeing is a, a sort of a healthy stripping away of a lot of those um, and kind of getting back down to those strongest, those best protocols. Um, that actually have really good use cases and are actually trying to solve real things that are going to be of value to to society. And so I think moving forward, uh, much like in the dot com bubble, where you had uh, you know a lot of a lot of companies got wiped out, but those that remain, the Amazons, the Googles, the Ebays, they went on to become titans of industry in the in the years that followed. And I think you'll see the same thing here in crypto with those that do have actually a good. Um, business model and our, our strong foundation, those will ultimately become the key players as we move forward here in the next cycle. No, I think that's that's a great perspective too, that, that again, part of a natural cycle is the purging of all this excessive, um, you know, inefficient capital. And so this, this is really an opportunity for, you know, really strong, healthy, well-led protocols to, to really grow. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that, that process continues, we can get through it and then, you know, start, start actually seeing some of the more exciting things again. Um, so, so let's talk real quick about some of the challenges advisors may be facing as, you know, very likely probably within the past year, they got active and managing um, digital assets for their clients. And so talk to just for a little bit about maybe some of the things that they're, they're dealing with and, and maybe um, you just some of the mentality things that, that they need to be aware of as they are, are again, just, just recently got into this and are doing it for their clients. Yeah. So I would say in the, in the immediate, a lot of it's probably just managing client expectations, right? So clients came into this when they saw there was this huge run up in valuation and just naturally assumed that that would continue to occur, right? Like it always does. Yeah. Uh, but you and then add in you know, the media hype and everything else surrounding it. And it was natural to have this strong sense of uh, positivity. And I think now what you're having, you're seeing is that sort of resetting of expectations um, where clients are probably wondering, okay, what, where do we go from here? Am I, am I going to continue to you know, see a decrease in value? Or, are some of these projects not sustainable? And so I think that's where as an advisor, that's where you can be at your best, right? Is it's about taking the emotion out of it, really looking back to, okay, what was the plan that you originally established and sticking to that plan? Um, I think hopefully most people that get into this space uh, do have a long-term view of it. And so we know that, as we just mentioned before, there's going to be these ups and downs and these um, natural swings, especially early on when you're in this emerging asset class. So it's really about sticking to your plan 
and having that more longer term view. Uh, I would say taking a step back though and looking more broadly at some of you know just the challenges that that advisors face. I think the first is just access to education. There's so much information out there, but there's not a lot of good information out there. And I think like a lot of the work that's being done with you guys at Interaxis and then the Planner DAO, where they're really trying to create effective and valuable content that's easily consumed, that's ultimately going to help advisors be better at their job when it comes to uh, managing and advising on, on crypto. Um, another thing I would say, I think as a challenge is certainly the lack of regulation. We continue to see it sort of dribble and drabs, or see it come in dribs and drabs, but it's still nothing that's really uh, of any sort of uh, 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 consistency or anything that's of, of a meaningful nature, meaning, you know, they've kind of talked a lot about, well, we think we're going to do this, or we think it needs to be that, but there hasn't really been a lot of actual resolve put around it. Um, and I've said this before, I think, Part of the challenge is the government continues to try to look at this as an asset and they really need to think of it as a technology, right? So they're trying to apply asset regulation to it when they really need to think of it more as a, as an actual technology. And I think when they can kind of have a better understanding of that, it'll be easier for them to establish how best to regulate it going forward. Um, the last thing I would say is simply just the tools that are available. So um, it's still early and I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done to make this this ecosystem more accessible to the masses, not just advisors, but people as a whole. So I think a lot of the solutions out there today, while they're great and they've moved the needle quite a bit from where we started, um, I do think there is a lot of opportunity and there's still a lot of room for improvement to make uh, to make this space more accessible and, and easier to, to to navigate and to manage. No, I think that's awesome. And I think exactly what you said in the, in the beginning makes the most sense to me. You know, when, when you're in these raging bull markets and every single project and coin and token seem to be, you know, going up all the time, advisors struggle sometimes to figure out where their value really lies because it's like, hey, anybody can pick anything and it's going to, you know, 10x. Um, the, the real value, the real benefit of having a plan in place and having professional fiduciary investment advice, this is, it's for right now. It's for right now and what happens over the next, you know, six to 12 months where having that connection between a plan and an investment process can actually make, you know, significant difference as opposed to just, you know, cycling through the next layer of, you know, altcoins or whatever else you call them. Um, well, AJ, I, I was curious, you know, if you're managing, the, you know, these digital assets, um, you know, and you're an advisor, again, you, you, you're probably just now getting into it. Maybe, maybe spend some time talking about the different options that advisors um, can choose and, and maybe even some of just the pros and cons of, you know, the different ways of maybe allocating to a fund or a trust versus like an SMA or, or a DIY solution. Sure. Um, so I would say, it, you know, we'll start with the trusts and the funds. Um, the few of the pros, they're definitely uh, more accessible because you can trade a lot of them on the exchange. Um, GBTC is an example. I think that's the one with the most assets and best known. It's the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. Um, they are trying to move that from a trust and convert it into an ETF, and that is sitting in front of the SEC. Um, and who knows when that's going to either get approved or rejected. Uh, it's you know I've, I've issued ETFs before, and and if anyone says they know what the SEC is going to do on this, you should stop listening to them because that's just not the case. Um, so so some we have had some clients that say they're just going to wait around for a spot Bitcoin ETF, but uh, that could be a pretty long wait. Um, there is also a futures ETF, which doesn't really track the spot market. Uh, it's also, 
I think it's only Bitcoin. Um, I don't think they've done. Uh, it's only Bitcoin futures, yeah. and it you know it it is tracking error against the spot price. You don't have direct ownership. You're still only owning shares of an ETF um, that's issued by another company. Um, and so you know those like I said, it's very easy to invest in those, but they are not really owning the underlying asset, and they can you know be relatively expensive as well. Um, I guess the second one you mentioned was SMAs. SMAs are uh, a, a nice ability to get direct exposure uh, without having to be a crypto expert yourself. Um, and that's, you know, I think there's there's been a good amount of traction in the SMA or crypto SMA market here in the past 12 months, um, because honestly, as an advisor, I, I understand why it's difficult to or daunting to have to pick and choose different digital assets because you know my co-founder is a cryptographer and he sort of sleeps eats breathes uh crypto and you know frankly just listening to him i'm exhausted and he's putting in all the legwork um so i totally understand why an advisor would sort of want to outsource that to someone who really is doing all that kind of work um and then last it is the sort of do-it-yourself portfolio management um this is sort of the most flexible where the RIA can go ahead or the advisor can go ahead and uh, adjust their own strategy or just get Bitcoin or Ethereum exposure. Um, and it's cheaper because there's sort of fewer management fees involved in that. Um, and so those are kind of like the three options and they all do have their their pros and cons. Obviously, we are um, partial to the do it yourself, the, uh, you know, kind of join height zero and then do the allocations through our platform uh, for your clients. But um, all of them have their their pros and cons. No, thanks for for breaking that down. And it's, yeah, the the, the people who know what the SEC is going to do with an ETF are exactly full of garbage, hot, stinky garbage. Um, yeah, it, and you know, I think we're we're seeing very clearly right now with all the drama around Celsius and you know some of these other projects that. Uh, if you don't own the underlying assets, that's kind of a problem. And, you know, it's still, it's kind of yet to be seen what, what, what the implications to actual, you know, uh, account holders and things are going to be, but just the fact that you are in that position is, is kind of a problem. And so, you know, I, I'm of the opinion of taking that additional step and finding an SMA or getting on a platform like Height Zero that lets you allocate the actual, you know, tokens you have, you know, ownership. Um, it actually matters, and it matters the most in these kinds of seasons where we're in because there's just there's a lot of counterparties involved, and you know, you're just not in, in, a, in a good position, you're not in control of that situation. So. Um, from, from, so like from an operational standpoint, so those are kind of the options that you have. Those are sort of the, the different pathways an advisor can go. Um, you know, talk real quick about, you know, from an actual management sort of a practice management standpoint of you know, what are some of the things that you should be considering as, you know, you're in a extremely volatile um, environment for, for these assets. You know, I, I think about traditional rebalancing solutions, right? That, um, you know, you, you sort of set them up and you just sort of let them run. It's on autopilot and, and it just it's designed to do its thing. And in a traditional uh, environment that, that that has sort of like some guide rails that, that helps, you know, the overall portfolio. But in crypto, it seems like it can actually blow up in your face and some of that stuff. So what, what, what do you think about some of these, um, you know, practice management or operational pieces of managing um, crypto assets for clients and maybe some of the ones that are important to have or are important to reconsider um, given just how unique digital assets are. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest opportunities right now is the tax efficiency plays. So 
crypto, unlike traditional securities where you have the, the wash sale rule in effect, where if you sell a position, you can't get back into it for at least 30 days without facing some steep penalties. In crypto, that doesn't apply, right? So you can swap in and out of positions all day long. And so where you have these downturns, um, it provides the ability to simply um, sell and then rebuy back into that position, take those losses and bank them away to be used to offset future gains. So I think that's a huge opportunity right now. Now, whether or not that that lasts, is uh, we'll see, as there's obviously been some legislation on the table already to to remove that or to essentially do it to extend the wash rule uh, to crypto as well. But at least for now, uh, that does not apply. And thus, there's it's a great opportunity to um, you know, at least get some positivity out of these downturns in the marketplace. Um, as far as rebalancing uh, to your question, Justin, I think you know, certainly rebalancing is a great way to create some efficiencies and uh, in, in terms of the managing of those assets. Um, the, the concern there, though, obviously, is while it's nice, it keeps you sort of within a set of barriers and keeps you kind of on plan, like we talked about earlier, with whatever your vision is, setting those allocations and just kind of managing to that. Um, obviously, when these market swings, there's a question of, OK, how often do we want to uh, initiate that rebalancing? Is it something we want to do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, what have you, or even potentially uh, attach it to some type of tolerance bands where if at any point in time we get more than 5 10 percent out of those assigned allocations, do we want to trigger a rebalance? And so I think the thing that we at least see with our clients is while some of those more automated rebalancing triggers might be beneficial when you have all this volatility, the, the downside to that is it's going to be creating all these different transactions, right? And that may not be something that's necessary, especially if it swings down one day and then the next day it swings back up, right? And if you're doing that off of some type of tolerance band, that might generate all this additional transactions that at the end of the day may not be necessary, right? So I think what we're seeing generally is that most clients, they're sticking to their plan, they're assessing that whether it's, you know, maybe monthly or quarterly doing some type of um, realignment or rebalancing back to the plan, but it's not something that they're looking to trigger uh, more frequently just for the sake of not trying to create too much noise and in turn potentially some tax implications by having it all these different buy and sell orders going through at various points in time. Uh, that's that, that again, I, I, the thing I've always appreciated about you guys is you, you have been advisors, you sat in where advisors sit, you know, you understand those client conversations and the platform that you've built reflects that and, and really helps advisors, you know, make these kinds of decisions and, and to be very thoughtful about how you go about implementing, you know, these kinds of plans. Um, and, and to your point too, about the, the tax loss harvesting issues, again, if, if you're, if you're an advisor and you're trying to figure out like how to add value, I mean, that, that is one of the easiest low hanging fruit ways that you can help, you know, someone, add tremendous value through just just through having a, a you know a, an awareness of the tax law rules and being able to to manage gains and losses like that it's 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 one of the most unique things you know right now that that the crypto space has and i think that that's very very uh, apropos to bring up like that that is a, a tremendous opportunity right now to to add value to to clients portfolios aj any any other thoughts on that one or um any other comments no, no i mean i think i think you know, Sean said, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Did a nice that, job explaining it. Good job, Sean. You get to, you know, keep your job for another day. Um, for well, one just, day at least. Just one. That's right. Just one. Uh, well, Fourth of July holidays coming up, you know, give it a time stamp. Yeah, that's good, right? We got the long weekend. It always <laughs> your last start, right? So that's it. That's it. Um, 
But no, I, I appreciate again that you, you guys understand um, advisors' perspective and roles really well. Um, so if, if you were going to encourage some advisors who are, are, again, probably just now getting started in this journey, you know, they, a lot of the advisors in the planner DAO uh, and Interaxis, you know, they, they, they've just gotten their education. They're, they're figuring out, you know, that this is what they want to do. They want to be um, managers uh, of crypto assets for their clients. Um, just, just how would you maybe give them some encouragement or just some, some different ideas about, um, you know, how they can go about having those different client conversations um, you know, what, what are the things that you think are important for them to, to either maybe stress or, or, or point out that um, would really just kind of allow them to keep going forward, you know, no matter what kind of volatility we might be facing? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a few things from, you know, conversationally they can have with their clients. But the, the one thing I'd touch on first is that volatility allows for a pretty good sort of dollar cost average opportunity. Um, you know, markets, there's a Seinfeld line, markets fluctuate. And um, and so it's, you know, when the markets are going down and you, and you have a little additional capital, you can put it in. But if you have a, a um, you know, a system that you want to do it either monthly or every two months or every six months, it really does benefit the portfolio because, you know, no one can predict the future and, and you know, what's the disclosure past performance is not indicative of future performance. So, you know, if you just have a plan um, and you stick to the plan and you sort of play the long game um, and, and not sort of look for a, a short uh, appreciation and, and time the market, I think that, that a lot of your clients are going to be very satisfied. Um, also, your job is, is to kind of take the emotion out of investing um, for your clients. That's, that's I always thought one of the biggest, um, you know, values of an advisor is that it's very easy to, when it's your money, to get caught up in, in market swings, but as the advisor to sort of steady your clients and say, you know, this is this is a play for five years down the line. We don't know what it's going to look at. The ecosystem's changing every day extraordinarily quickly. Um, but in the future, we're very confident that it's going to certainly pay dividends on the portfolio as well as, you know, hopefully have some real world benefit to society. Um, and I think that that's, you know, I, that's how we look at it. And that's how we talk to our clients about it and how we think they should relay uh, that message to their clients as well. Yeah, I, I think that's that's incredibly insightful and, and helpful because again, we, volatility stokes those emotions, but volatility is actually an opportunity. And you know, the the best tool created to you know combat it is dollar cost averaging, and it's a simple, um, easy solution that you can help manage those expectations and, and still cast a vision for for a longer term time horizon. Um, that's well said, Sean. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, uh, no, I mean, other than just kind of I could speak to kind of what we've seen over the last, you know, two to three years and how quickly this market evolves and understanding that these these things do repeat themselves. And so it's important, I think, that um, as you navigate through this space, you need to be nimble and you need to be flexible and the ability to adapt. Um, and I would say like along those lines over just even like the last 18 months, last year and a half, I think when we first were were promoting our product and we were looking at things as just offering simply buy and hold strategies, right? For Bitcoin and Ethereum, where it's just about getting the ability to get some simple direct access. And so that initially was what people were really interested in. And then quickly those those uh, needs evolved into, hey, uh, we like that we can get exposure directly to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, how about uh, we started expanding our exposure to other coins and other tokens and so that's where we as a provider had to make sure we could adapt. And so one of the things that's really nice about our platform is 
um, it's a very open framework. And so we are, we like to say we are market and custodian agnostic. So it allows us to actually plug and play with many different providers and many different tech stacks to ensure that we can offer a wide ranging um, uh, suite of products and services within within our ecosystem. Um, so in the case of we need to get more exposure to greater coins, we're able to plug into various custodians so we could support a wide range of, of different assets. Um, and then take that a step further, people said, okay, great, I can get access to all these coins. Now I want to start deploying some strategies, some indexing strategies, because I don't want to, I want to make it easy for me to kind of manage all of this, right? And so we built out the ability for clients to set their own strategies so they can go in and create their own indexing approaches, or they can license um, strategies from third-party providers. So, and then we can port that information direct directly in. Um, and then we talked about tax loss harvesting. So as the market started taking a downturn, clients were looking for the ability to potentially harvest some of those losses. And so uh, on our system, we track all of the tax, uh, the cost basis. So we can actually allow them to easily start deploying different strategies when it comes to harvesting um, those losses, whether it's on a FIFO or LIFO or or highest basis. Um, and then I would say kind of looking out more recently as people kind of got more comfortable again with the space, then it was, hey, how do we get additional yield opportunities? So that's another area where I think we've been able to to make some great strides in working with one of our custodian providers, BitGo. They do offer staking capabilities. So that's yet another way that they can gain um, generate some yield and get some additional return on these assets while often if they're just sitting there in these kind of long term hold strategies. So I'd say in in general, I think it's it's the ability to be uh, nimble and adaptive and understand that like what's going on today is not going to be relevant probably in the next year, probably not even the next six months. So yeah. you have to be uh, certainly have the ability to to change with the market and change quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys have not only demonstrated your your you know strategic vision well you've actually executed and implemented it you know it's not just hey this is coming this is coming this is coming we we know that this is important and it's being built it's coming like you've actually delivered and executed on that which is huge for advisors so um you know again i i, I personally i think again you you guys are, are well positioned to understand the space and then you've built the technology that actually delivers and implements it for advisors um, so just real quick uh, how how can an advisor get to know height zero a little better um, you know what are the best ways to get a hold of you guys or, or, or look um, more <laughs> more into what you guys have built sure so uh, the easiest way is you can get on our website uh, you can schedule uh, uh, demo uh, at your choosing uh, right through the um, upper menu bar. There's a schedule appointment. So that's certainly easy. Obviously, you can also get in touch with AJ or I directly. Um, so uh, we'll give, uh, I don't know if we, we'll give uh, in the tagline, yeah. we'll put our emails in the in the podcast, uh, but it's yep. shot at heightzero.co and AJ at heightzero.co um, if, if it's not in there. Um, and then I would also say just in terms of from a community perspective, uh, AJ and I are very active in Planner Dow. So uh, if those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's an online community of financial professionals that are all really focused on bringing digital assets to the masses within the wealth management space. So great community, great place to collaborate with. And uh, we certainly spend a lot of time there. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to the community at large there. And I'm sure if uh, you, you do need help with something, you'll get an answer really quick. It's a very, uh, I would say, welcoming and supportive environment. So. Oh, that Sean must have been reading my notes because that was <laughs> a shameless plug uh, was for the planner now because again you guys have been a part of it from the very beginning um, and been very active and, and gracious with your time and, and honestly I think you know my mind goes to AJ like almost like the very first 
a couple of hangouts that we did and you were just incredibly gracious with your time and, and, and knowledge sharing it with everybody. Um, you know, back when it was like 11 of us on a zoom, just kind of looking at each other going like, I don't even really know what we're doing, but it's is a, where we're here. So um, AJ is an OG uh, in that regard. And same thing, Sean, you, you're, you're so quick to chime in and, and add value to that community. So um, again, we, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us on the crypto for planners podcast. Um, again, I think this is a, Incredibly timely and insightful. If you guys are advisors out there looking to do crypto for clients and looking for more options, um, definitely check out Height Zero. Um, start a conversation with Sean or AJ, and um, you know get some uh, good direction and insight into how you can better manage this for for your clients. So with that, I'll I'll let you guys close it out. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, no, Justin, thanks so much for inviting us on. Um, we had a lot of fun and and if i remember correctly all those all those meetups that i was doing was over beers so that's the best way to 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 have me <laughs> expound on my opinion so uh i appreciate the time uh thank you all good likewise justin appreciate the time and really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to talk a little bit about what's going on in the market and about what we're doing at height zero to help people navigate through it so really appreciate the time awesome well, we'll see you guys on the dow thanks so much